All right, welcome to the uh, Swedish Junior Hockey Podcast. Jacob Dahlin here, your host. Uh, and today's guest is from uh, Brandon, Minis- uh, Brandon, Manitoba, Canada. Uh, welcome, Daryl Wolski. Thanks for having me on today. Well, so let's do the geographical. This episode is uh, brought to you by Scanlux. Uh, your home for Scandinavian luxury products Zoom. You, for the U.S. market. You can the, find the us Golden at skinlux.com. Well done, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so it is not looking like that in Brandon, Manitoba today. No, it is not. And I'm, I'm going to pull up my phone because some of my friends, they don't believe it when I say this. Um, uh, where is it here? I, I don't know how to, I don't know how to do this, but. So right now for me it's two thirty p.m. Central Time, yeah. And by by about midnight tonight we're expecting thirty one centimeters of snow. <laughs> so where is for those that are in Sweden because Canada is this big vast country that nobody knows anything about, and I certainly didn't know anything when I lived in Sweden. Where is Manitoba of of all the provinces? Well, I, I tell people first of all the Winnipeg Jets have had, have always had a strong tie-in, especially in the old school days of the Winnipeg Jets. You know, there's the Lars Eric Schobergs, there's the Thomas Steens, of course. Like Thomas Steen was, a, a, and he still is an icon, you know, and, and you have these iconic Swedes that would get drafted by Winnipeg and they come to Winnipeg and it's, you know, minus 40 Celsius. And like I said, there's 31 centimeters of snow coming through and they're going to go, you know, even though you're coming from a, a colder country, you know, you're now you're coming to this. And yeah. it's, you know, like, and I tell people, like, we're like kind of like the geographical center of North America. Um, for people, maybe know where Minneapolis is, we're like, we're about seven hours north of that, uh, yep. and eight hours north. And even that, even in Minneapolis, a lot of people don't know where that is. So, but that's but, the one thing. To, to, to your, to the west is Saskatchewan, and to the east is Ontario. Correct. Yeah, well done, by the way. Yeah. Well, so I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can uh, if I can impress you here. Manitoba, also the home of William Prince. Uh I don't believe he is. Oh, you have to for everybody listens now. You have to go to Spotify, type in William Prince. Uh, he's a he is a native of um, uh, Native American. Uh, folk singer from Manitoba that is amazing you have to go look him up I I I I heard the name but Prince is an aboriginal Manitoba name like so for people that don't understand the aboriginal world the name Prince I'm just looking at him now I I knew who he was I don't really know his music oh you should oh this is really embarrassing now so my hometown as a kid is a place called Selkirk Selkirk is 30 minutes north of Winnipeg and he's from and he's from Selkirk. So that's Well, it's not like he's world world known. That's all like he's well, he's also 20 years younger than me. But I mean that's ultra embarrassing. So I didn't I didn't know he was from Selkirk. No, no. No, that's what I I did a little research here and 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 I thought I was going to put you on the spot. But let's let's talk in, let's talk about um before we get into the, the 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 your um now let's let's jump into your background and then we'll get into Thomas Steen because Thomas actually before he came to um 
before he came to uh, Winnipeg, he played in my hometown, Lexand, and uh, also with another teammate of, because I know that you were an announcer in 1985 for Winnipeg Jets, uh, according to your LinkedIn profile. So Bengt Lundholm. That could be 85, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, Bengt, Bengt Lundholm, which also played yeah, in right, Lexand. Yep. There was yeah. two Swedes on that team. This other guy was on the team, Dale Howarchuk, something. Never Some heard guy, of him. Yeah, just an average yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah. Thomas Steen and his son Alexander Steen is still in the hockey business. Uh, when right. Alexander retired, he is they are now involved in uh, on the east coast of Sweden with an organization called Sunsval. Right. So they are still in the hockey business, so to speak. So but, so but my I was gonna tell my quick first Thomas Steen story. So when I first kind of got into the hockey business in, in Canada. We have, you know, you have major junior hockey. So for the for the Swedish people, they'll understand, you know, you get drafted in the CHL by London Knights, Brandon Wheat Kings, Vancouver Giants, you uh, Bay Como in Quebec, uh, Halifax Mooseheads. So that's the CHL. And then below that is what's called Tier 2. Yep. And so like in Western Canada, there's the Penticton Vs, Brooks Bandits, Oakville Blades, also, of note, Europeans can't play Tier 2 in Canada. That's a whole new story. Yeah. And then below that, there's what's called Junior B. So at the time, I was the president of a local Junior B hockey team. It's kind of when I got started in the business. And I said, we need to do a fundraising dinner. And the guy said, well, who are we going to call? I says, I'm going, I'm going to call the Winnipeg Jets and see if we can get Thomas Dean to come as a speaker. So <laughs> I, I called the Winnipeg Jets. We hired Thomas Dean to drive out, and he was a speaker he was, this may surprise all your Swedish fans and all Swedish, he was so shy and introverted. I, I was like, wow, this guy is really quiet. And, you know, now after the fact, I've known Thomas since that point for like 25 years, and he is not shy and introverted no longer. But he wasn't he wasn't a very good public speaker at that time, by the way. Oh, that's good. That's good. It was a, be a better, better name than he was speaker. Yeah, and for me, it was all about marketing. It was all about adding some sizzle to the event. Like, number 25, <laughs> Thomas Dean from the Winnipeg Jets. And people are like, wow, how did you get Thomas Dean? Like, you know, like they thought that, they thought that was pretty impressive. Uh, on that team also is a, a local guy that actually works on the staff at Liberty University and who played here in Greensboro, North Carolina, where I where I sort of live, uh, Daniel Bertum, who uh, played, played goalie. Yeah, yeah, the bandit. There was there was <clears throat> Daniel Berthium, it was Pokey and the Bandit. So that that was the kind of like they had this like at the time, really dating myself, like you know, that there's a poke there's Smokey and the Bandit, right? But yeah. at the time the Winnipeg just came up with this marketing campaign called Pokey and the Bandit. And so Daniel Berthium was part of that marketing campaign. Yeah, he actually at the end of his career, he played um for the Greensboro Generals here in what was back then the ECHL and uh and his um uh kids are are, are he he's on the staff at Liberty University and, and works with their ACHA program which has been hugely successful and uh his uh my son's team we went up there for for camps and and these type of things so I've uh, got to know the Berthumes pretty well and uh great great family yeah and and daniel berthium for the short time that he spent in winnipeg uh 
was him and Pokey Reddick. So there's Pokey Reddick and Daniel Berthume, like really dating myself now. And, like, yeah. and the people are going to go, Daniel Berthume and Pokey Reddick. Like, you know, they're like, what are you talking about? But at the time, those guys, and you, if people are to go to Google Pokey and the Bandit, you're, you're going to find, you're going to find a poster. And it's like some kind of bad Trans Am car in the background. And there's smoking the Bandit was poking the Bandit. So, Oh, man, that's awesome. That's you awesome. You mentioned that to Daniel Berthume, he's going to go, how on earth do you know Pokey the Bandit? <laughs> <laughs> well let's let's go into your uh so y- you've been in the hockey business Let, let's first start talking about because if, if we go to linkedin now and 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 look you up you're going to be mostly uh known for being a hockey player agent with 2112 hockey agency and also a family advisor with i think the the, the it goes under the college hockey family advisor uh banner i believe right yeah. And then uh, AAA hockey. What is AAA hockey? I don't well, know and and, and <clears throat> excuse me, that's kind of where it all started. Um, well, other than the Thomas <laughs> Steen situation, <laughs> and actually, that's kind of where it all did start with Thomas Steen in a weird way. Like why I'm sitting here with you today, it was kind of that idea with Thomas Steen, whatever that was, thirty years ago. You know, um, and it kind of all starts. So what AAAHockey.com was, I I thought at the time I was kind of like, uh, and I still believe today, like what AAAHockey.com was, was supposed to be was uh, a AAA hockey tournament. And so back in the day, like once again, going back to guys, I'm trying to think of guys in, in Sweden now, they're playing like guys like Brendan Shinneman and those guys, like when they were kids, they played in my tournament. And so, you know, those younger, like the young sweet, like for the guys that understand in, in the SHL now, um, Nolan Zajac, who was in Sweden, uh, Cody Kern, who was in Sweden, all those guys, when they were kids, like 11, 12, 13, they would play in my hockey tournament called the Triple A Hockey Challenge. And it was in the summer. <clears throat> It'd be like a four or five day tournament. They'd play four or five games. And it was fun for those guys. It's back when, back when summer hockey was fun. It's no longer fun now. Summer and spring hockey, I don't care who watches this podcast. It is not fun. It is serious business. And like, I like you know, today I had a team call me uh, of 2015 borns, and the guy's asking the caliber of the hockey. I'm going, your kids are seven. Like, what do you mean about the caliber? <laughs> How good can the kids be if they're seven or turning eight? Anyways, AAA hockey was, um, AAAhockey.com started off as, Actually, in the in the very very initial stages, was there was a a local guy when I when I first moved to Brandon, there was a local guy who had a, a summer hockey league. It was like a four team summer league. Uh, for anybody you know would remember the name Pat Falloon, guys like that were playing it. Pat Falloon was the number two draft pick to Eric Lindros back in the day, and you know those kind of players were in the league. So this guy he was going to sell the league. And he said, I've got to move to Japan to go teach English. Uh, that, that's bizarre as it is. And, you know, would you like to buy the league? And I, so I'm sitting, well, where I sit now to where I bought the league is about roughly three blocks from my house. And I said, I don't know, like, what do you want for it? He goes, I don't know, thousand bucks. All right. So I back old school in the days, I would pull, up, pull out a checkbook and I go, okay, Mark Pilgrim. $1,000. There you go. And I owned what was called at the time the WSHL, which was the 
uh, the Westman Summer Hockey League. So Westman Summer Hockey League kind of morphs into being something a little bit bigger and a little bit better. And and then so I had another guy say to me, he says, you know what, you should really do the same idea in the winter. And I says, ah, I don't know if it'll work in the winter. And well, sure enough, it kind of grows and gets legs of itself and grows to 20 teams and 25 teams. And so it's kind of getting a leg. And then um, I don't know if you remember the name. Uh, there's the, They're called the Romes, the Rome family. So there's uh, Aaron Rome played in Dallas. Uh, Ashton Rome played in Greenville. Um, and there's a bunch of Romes that played all kinds of pro hockey. So Dennis Rome, the father, he had this thing called the Triple A Hockey Challenge. And Dennis says, would you like to buy it? And so once again, I pull up my checkbook. I go, what do you want? And he goes, I want $2,500. All right, $2,500. Boom, there you go. And now I own the Triple A Hockey Challenge, which at the time wasn't a very popular event. So old school, again, on the phone, faxing. My God, I can't imagine faxing today. <laughs> Anyways, faxing people, phoning, and spending hours trying to beg people to come to my tournament so the tournament actually develops into like 100 teams which was amazing to me and so that's where tripleahockey.com came from and then you know that's kind of where the whole you know uh, being a hockey agent and, and being a family advisor <clears throat> all those things kind of gave me the tools i guess to get to this point yeah and I so what I wanted to talk about. Uh, I should have probably said this in the beginning, but it's I I, I, tend, I tend to go on rabbit trails anyway. I I wanted to kind of talk about because um, you know for those in Sweden, what's it like to be an agent? What's it like to be? What is a, an advisor versus an agent? Specifically, those in Sweden may not know. And then. And then talk about, we can go into then how does it work with juniors in North America, specifically in Canada. And um, because we are getting, you know, the the the, the lure of going over from Sweden to play uh, collegiate here in the U.S. or Canada, somewhat, somewhat less in Canada, but specifically in the U.S., and then they realize, oh, I'm probably going to have to play juniors. Uh, and then they, this whole meat market of of different levels and different organizations opens up and it's a it it's it can be complicated so so where do we start with that um let's start I, with you as the the agent versus advisor what's the difference and and why have two different ones well it's to keep the ncaa happy the um <laughs> The NCAA likes the terminology of family advisor. And so the family advisor term is not just pigeonholed into hockey. It's to all 23 NCAA sports. So they have family advisors for water polo, for rugby. So, whatever so let me is. let me interrupt you right quick and, and explain the NCAA for those who don't know. Another, I kind of assume those things, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and for the, for the Swedes and the Scandinavians don't understand what the NCAA is basically college hockey and, and for people that don't understand the effectiveness or the, excuse me, the, the importance of the NCAA is that this year, 38% of NHL rosters are based with NCAA players. It's amazing. So it's an, it's a huge number for people that go, they, it's all about, you know, people say, you know, you can play U20 in in Brinus or, or brew, and then think you're going to go from U20 
to the NHL. Well, it's probably unless you're a, a real superstar, you know, yep. unless you're some monstrous superstar. And even like I'm thinking of a guy like I remember watching Raymond. I remember watching Raymond when he was 17 or 18. And I was in Orbu watching him in Orbu actually, and going, that kid's pretty good, you know. But I mean, you know, obviously he's turned into be a pretty good NHL player. My point is, majority of players don't go that way. I mean, like you know, for him to be, you know, to go from the like the World Juniors and then all play, all of a sudden playing Detroit Red Wings, you know, that doesn't happen, right? You know, yep. same guys as Stutzel and those guys and that, you know, you know, <clears throat> Stutzel was lucky because he was also playing pro hockey and playing pro hockey, playing for Mannheim. And I remember being at a Mannheim game and seeing, you know, seeing, you know, different NHL guys there and going, why are they here? Like, why are that a DEL game? Like, who yeah. on earth would they be watching here? Like, normally <laughs> in the DEL, guys are, it's over, right? It's like, it's like guys are 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, and it's, that's it. You know, guys like Kevin Clark, for example, who is really well known to SHL fans, you know, guys like him, like, why did anybody be following Kevin Clark? No offense on Clark, he's a great guy. But I mean, Normally, for those guys, their careers are over. Like, is yep. there any kind of up and coming icons? So I kind of diverted a little bit. So, just first of all, when it comes to the NCAA, the process of playing NCAA hockey, as of say, as opposed to say playing in Canada in the CHL, is much more difficult. And 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 there's probably you know there's upsides and downsides to both. And I'm not here to badmouth the CHL because I sure wouldn't. Um, and, you know, the CHL serves a purpose. So the only way a Swede can play in Canada, in junior hockey in Canada, is playing in the CHL. Now, And, and, and explain CHL. So CHL is the, what's called the Canadian Hockey League, even though there's American teams in it, but it's still called. So the CHL it consists of three leagues, the Quebec Major Junior League, the Ontario Hockey League, and the Western Hockey League. So those three leagues comprise and they come together and they're called the CHL. So if you are a, excuse, excuse me, if you're a Euro or you're a Russian and you have aspirations of playing junior hockey in Canada, the only way you can play is by being drafted by the, by the London Knights or by, by the Brown Weekings or Regina Pats. And you can play with Connor Bedard and, or you can play in Vancouver or play in Portland or whatever it is. So those teams, they have two import spots. So you have to be one of the lucky ones out of those, say, so there's two import spots. There's roughly 66 CHL teams. So we're talking like 132 import spots in the entire country. So you got to be, I guess that goes to my point, is you got to be a, like a Slavkovsky. You know, you got to be like a high-end player, even though he didn't play junior hockey in Canada. So, so like, let's use let's use a local a local favorite, Victor Rask, who came from Lexon. Yep. And who ended up being drafted, played in the played for Lexon in SHL, got drafted in the import draft, and came in under Calgary Hitman's in the uh, roster in the uh, WHL. Right. So a guy like Victor, for example, probably he and people. Here's here's another really big thing to understand too is the money part of things. So, like a guy like Victor could sit in Lexan and probably Lexan. I'm not going to speak for the manager of Lexan. I'm just guessing they probably would have paid him forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars to be in Lexan, right? Or or Euro, uh, or you know maybe five hundred thousand kroner, right? So, but then meanwhile, a guy like say so, then Victor then comes, and this is where people are always surprised. 
when you play in the Western Hockey League, then, then that's another story in itself. Is the Western Hockey League uh, very closely watch how the players are treated, and I mean by that I mean financially treated. So he's going to go play for the Calgary Hitmen. Go play, go play in the Saddle Dome in Calgary. He makes about one hundred and fifty dollars a week. So, but it's a short term, short term loss for a long term gain, right? Yep. So he's hoping that okay. I'm going to go play for the Hitmen. I'm going to get on the radar screen, and I'm going to go then next year play in the American Hockey League, and then hopefully play in the NHL. That's the goal of playing in the CHL. And he he was already drafted by the Hurricanes at right. that time. At that time, but I'm just saying that there's no guarantee. No, <clears throat> excuse me. There's no guarantee. <clears throat> Sorry, he's going to go from the Calgary Hitmen even to their. Farm no, team, the Charlotte no, Checkers. No. You know, is he going to go from at the time the Charlotte Checkers and then go up to, uh, up to the big team? Like, there's no guarantee of any of that. But the 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 thing is, and there's a there's a ton of NHL scouts in Sweden, but there's more scouts in the Western Hockey League in the O and the Q. So if a guy is say in Bjorklöven, for example, well, there's not too many scouts going up to Bjorklöven, so they're going to go. If I have a chance, go play for the London Knights or Winnipeg Ice or Vancouver. I mean, you keep using these teams for Portland or whatever. There's a ton of NHL scouts. Like there's a dozen guys at every game. So more than likely, you know, in, you know, in Victor's situation, more than likely he was probably watched 30, 40 times a season. Yeah. Whereas in Sweden, whereas in Sweden, he might not have been watched maybe 10 times. And, and it, it, it certainly didn't hurt him that he put up some pretty stout numbers, um, when when he did come um you know in in calgary i mean i think i'm looking at his profile now he was at a point per game in in calgary which was you know uh, uh you know that that was a big deal for him people have to understand too the chl draft here's the sad reality is if you're not a drafted player like a lucas raymond for example not that lucas didn't play in the chl but if you're unless you're a drafted player your odds of getting drafted into the CHL import draft are very low. Like, you know, for you to take up one of those two import spots, like there's, there's lots of teams and leagues that don't have drafted guys. But I'm just saying overall, you got to probably be an NHL drafted player to then come. Cause you, cause I know I've been at the draft every year. Um, so at the draft at the NHL draft. So what happens is all the CHL general managers there, they're going, Daryl, who do you got? Who do you got? Who do you got coming from Slovakia? Who do you got coming from Russia? Who do you got coming from Czech? You know, those who do you got from Sweden, Finland? And I'll say, I got this guy, this guy, and they'll go, Yeah, I don't know if he's good enough. You know, and it's these guys are all plugged in. Like these guys, they know, they know, like if I say, Hey, I, I, there's a guy out of Slovakia, his name is Slavkovsky, and they'll they'll know, oh, that's the guy who played in the Olympics and he had seven goals in the Olympics and blah, 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 blah. And they're like their eyes light up at the chance of getting a guy like him, right? But that's the other thing, too, is there's lots of guys like Slavkovsky, like a Lucas Raymond, that are going to bypass. They're going to bypass the CHL, and they're going straight to the American Hockey League at the, at the worst-case scenario or go right into the NHL like Slavkovsky did and like Raymond did. Yeah. So uh, and so, what about the, the, the junior A's? So there you mentioned so, – so if it's really, really difficult to come in to the, to the CHL – 
So the junior A, so we're, we, let, let's skip BCHL for a second because I want to jump to BCHL uh, next. But, but in the AJHL, so let's say Brooks Bandits, right? They, they, they are uh, a great, great program that puts lots of hockey players in the D1, um, uh, D1 area or, or the CCHL, which is, which is, uh, so if we went from, from west to east, uh, the Saskatchewan junior, I mean, every one of them has a major, I mean, not a major, but a junior A program. But if you are now at a 2003 in Sweden and you say, I want to go play for the Brooks Bandits. Can't be done. But I really want to. The, Daryl, so the, help me out here. Help the, me out. First of all, if you're 2003, it's too late. Yes. So, but I guess technically, I mean, this is being very technical. Say, for example, you had a son that say a 2007. So he came to Canada and played in an academy. He played the prep school. He played at, he played at say Notre Dame, or he played at the Hill, or he played at some place like that, or he played in what's called the CSSHL, which is a prep hockey league. Yeah. Um, so he played for RHA. Played for POE. Played for Delta. He, if he played three years in Canada, then the rules change a little bit. So then all of a sudden you can become a Canadian hockey player. Yeah. It, all of a sudden. I didn't explain that very well, but the, it's like in the States, like in the, in the States, if you play three years in a prep school, in a, in some kind of a, a junior program, an under 18 program, an under 16 program, and you've played three years in the United States, well, now you're no longer considered an import. Correct. Now you're considered an American, but that's the thing in Canada. You like what I just explained by a guy who say a 2007, he goes plays three years down the road in Wilcox, Saskatchewan, at Notre Dame. Um, I mean, those those stories don't happen very often. Now, and now I've, I've, I've seen oh. it a little bit more with the Russians, right? And and that the Russians are starting to come over and and doing that. But if you're looking at the Swedes, the alternative is. No, I'm playing juniors in Sweden. You know, why in the world would I go over and do three years of prep hockey? And and let's face it, it's not free either, right? Well, it, it is not. It is, yeah. and that's another story in itself. Is that the costs that I think you get like when, when I you know say sticker shock for for euros, not just Swedes, but for all euros, and they go, it's forty five thousand dollars. What? Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So then that's that's an eye opener for people too when they're back home and they're paying nothing, right? But now, so let's let's go now. Let's go into the BCHL or the British Columbia Hockey League, right? Who's who broke out from the from the Canadian? So what is it? The CJHL? So they <clears throat> they parted ways, and for various reasons, they parted ways, and they're no longer part of the CJHL, which is which is the Canadian body i guess that oversees tier two hockey so they've they they've left and they're going to do their own things they they may even leave canadian hockey that that's being talked about yep. um the latest stories i've seen is that the the bchl are going to expand they're going to go from 18 teams to 20 teams um you know they're being their own entity and 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 here's the here's the ncaa numbers is on an average year the the BCHL has about a hundred scholarships. They will have more scholarships in British Columbia than all of Canada combined. So 
um, you know, I've had, I've had various, various clients have gone to the BCHL and had success. Um, but say if you could go to the Alberta Junior Hockey League, Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, Manitoba Junior Hockey League, and then all of Eastern Canada, all those leagues and provinces would never equal what BC is doing. BC on average will be, like I said, in that hundred scholarships a year. And like Alberta might have 35 or 40. Saskatchewan. And, and why is that? Is that just because that league is that strong, right? It's because the perceptions there too. I mean, um, if you're a, say, if, if you're a, if you're a coach for say Western Michigan and you're going, you know what? I want to go watch some kids. Am I going to go to Winnipeg, Manitoba? Or am I going to go to BC? I'm going to go to Vancouver where there's six teams in what they call the lower mainland around Vancouver area. And let's go watch, let's go watch Chilliwack. Let's go watch Coquitlam. Let's go watch, you know, on and on and on the, the talent level. Cause, and then the other thing is like, and here's a Canadian rule. So like, for example, when you're done grade 12 in Canada, you can go play anywhere you want in Canada. You're not like, it's not like your property, Alexandria, the property of Brinus. Like after grade 12 is done, you can literally go wherever you want in Canada. So that's this year. It's like for the players are born in 2005. So I have some 2005s. They're in playoffs right now, but once their 2005 season's over, they can go play in BC. They can go play in Quebec. They can go play wherever they want. But if you're, say, a 2006 and you're in grade 11, you can't leave your province. You have to stay in your home province. That's it's it's a it's a it's a rule that is obviously for the Swedish people doesn't really matter, uh, or for European people. But that's how that's a that's a Canadian rule that so guys like so if they don't but if they don't sign with a team, they can go play in the BCHL. So that's what a lot of guys do is they they wait till they finish their third year of 18U, and their 18U season's over. Now they're grade 12, they're graduated school, they can go to BCHL, they can go to the Alberta Junior Hockey League where there's more scouts, where there's more profile. And, you know, I know the people watching this from the Mountain Junior Hockey League, Ontario, or from Saskatchewan, they're going, well, what's he talking about? Well, the, I tell people, it's like the movie Moneyball. The numbers don't lie. The math doesn't lie. Yep. So Saskatchewan will have seven scholarships this year. Manitoba will have six. Well, BC's got 100. Well, where do you want to be? Yeah. You know? Now, do, and all you got to do is go to Elite Prospects and do a reverse engineering on – the NCAA. We're going to have uh, we're going to have a guest on in in a few weeks that that has done a good job kind of breaking that down. And you've seen kind of the the, the postings on <clears throat> on um, on different sites of, of of showing those numbers. So we're going to post those as well and kind of talk about it and how do you use elite prospects to kind of reverse engineer to see all right if you want to go to college and play hockey, um, where do you need to come from? And how do you get there? It's about <clears throat> it's about hedging your bet too. Yep. I, I mean, it's about like once again, if you're say, say you're a good Austrian player, you know the chance of you being discovered in Austria is really slim. You yep. know, or Switzerland. You know, the the those those. I, I shouldn't say they're not your prototypical hockey countries, but I, when you think of Germany and Switzerland and Austria, France, you don't think of hockey. You know, it doesn't yeah. jump off the page. It's not like it's a Scandinavian country and it jumps off the page at you. But I mean, in those countries, they have to find a way. Well, how do I get, you're from, say you're from VLAC, Austria. How do you get noticed? You yeah. know, you can, you can do videos and you can have guys like me make phone calls on your behalf. But at the end of the day, like 
Andy Murray, who's now, he was Western Michigan head coach. Andy Murray always had a great line. And Andy says, I'm not going to give this kid a $200,000 scholarship unless I can see him face to face and yeah. not over a Zoom call, but in person. I want to be able to see this guy and go, okay, I feel good about giving this guy a $200,000 for your. And what I mean by that is, you know, normally speaking, schools will cost 30, 40, 50, 60, $70,000 a year. And then you times it by four. Well, all of a sudden you're dollars $200,000, $250,000 real quick. Yeah. And so for a lot of those, I shouldn't even say old school, a lot of coaches, they want to be able to see a guy in person. So my point is, they're not going to just give a kid over the phone a $200,000 scholarship from VLAC Austria or from Graz or whatever place in Austria. They want to be able to see this guy in person. But do you think that BCHL may, I mean, if there's one place in the in the Canadian Junior A's that may open up for Europeans in the future, that's probably where it's going to be. It, I totally agree. And, you know, yeah. and then they're, they're in a position where they're, they're in a position of strength, right? So, like I said, like, whether, like, whether or not the, the BCHL is part of the CJHL or part of Hockey Canada, irrelevant. Yep. As long as the talent comes from there, you know, that the, as long as the talent will come from there, that's all that matters. Yep. They don't, they don't care about, well, you're part of Hockey Canada, you're part of the CJHL, you know, who, nobody cares. They, they, but, you're from Providence, you're from Merrimack, you're going, I don't care what this league is part of. I like that kid. He's got good grades, good family. I want that guy. But now, so let's talk about the the 03s, 04s, 05s now that are coming from from Europe. Sure. Let's say sure. Sweden, sure. Um, since this is the Swedish Junior Hockey Podcast. Right. So, all right, now I'm 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 not going to be looking at. Okay, I can't go to Brooks Bandits. Man, great program. Can't go there. And right now, it's 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 locked up. Even the BCHL. So and. You know the 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 ship has sailed in terms of coming coming early. So the the alternative then is going to be to go play um, uh, in in the U.S. There's <clears throat> the options in the U.S. are infinite, and yeah. and and even me who works in this business, you know, from seven a.m. to midnight every day, it's confusing for me. So if you're sitting in Brinus as an example, or you're sitting in Sheleftia, you're going. Or you're in Gothenburg, you're going, how on earth, you know, for some A, you're not even in your, you know, you're not even in your own country. So now you're talking a different country with 10 different leagues to pick from. Yeah. And and which is the league to, to, to go in. And, and like this, this, this is a this is like an hour discussion in itself. So, but I I'll try and make this simple. At the end of the day, the USHL is by far the number one league. And number one, in various reasons, not just scholarships, but the amount of professional attention that it gets. Like you can go to middle of nowhere, Nebraska, Lincoln, Nebraska, and watch the Lincoln Stars in this dumpy arena that they use for rodeos. But I tell you what, at night when the lights go out and the hockey players come on the ice, it's a fantastic place. But it's as old school as it gets. And I'm saying it's it's a rodeo facility. It is, it is that. So, and they convert it to hockey at night and on and on and on. But anyways, there's probably a dozen NHL scouts there. Yeah. And, and, and they're in nowhere, Nebraska. Like I shouldn't say Lincoln's actually a great city, but in in that whole Midwest region of the USHL. So you have up the road, there's Omaha then down the road, there's the tri cities team. And then there's like Cedar Rapids, uh, which is in Iowa, right? 
yeah and then there's and then there's also then there's sioux falls and then there's fargo forest uh a lot of those what i call the midwest teams are very strong organizations strong ownership as well too the ushl is more of a geographically condensed league than say my next league which is the nahl so the nahl is a north america hockey league and if you look on a map like it is like from way in the east to new mexico to <laughs> Texas, to north dakota so i mean are in North in North Dakota. There's two teams in North Dakota: Bismarck and Minot, and then South Dakota. Actually, South Dakota. I mean, doesn't have a team anymore. But, anyways, the the NHL is a much bigger, broader geographical league. But also, too, a lot of those teams they they don't really play outside of their division to cut down travel costs. Yeah, the, the NHL is always so not to confuse things that make trying to make things easier than they can. So USHL is considered by by USA Hockey, Tier 1. The NAHL is considered Tier 2. Probably at the end of the day, it's really irrelevant if who's Tier 1, Tier 2. So the NAHL will have, on average, they're going to advertise about 275 scholarships this year. They also have thirty over 30 teams, whereas USHL has much less teams. They'll have about 200 scholarships. But my point is, between those two leagues alone, there are going to be about 500 scholarships. Yeah. Whereas in Canada, the entire country of Canada maybe had 175. And and when you go to the roster of any USHL team, you are it's hard to find a team that doesn't have almost 100% of them with college commitments, D1 commitments. So, for example, in Fargo, North Dakota, when you walk into the Shields Arena and you look up on the wall, they'll have like kind of their wall of fame. So they'll have like the roster – uh, the 2020 20, 21 Fargo Force, and boom, roster goes down. You look at the wall and you go, and there'll be the odd guy that doesn't have an NCAA logo besides name. And so, Kerry Eads, who runs the team, I'll say to Kerry, I'll go, Why does that guy not have a logo? And that guy goes, Wasn't academically smart enough. Correct. It wasn't, it wasn't, like, wasn't like the guy wasn't from a hockey standpoint good enough. But here's a valuable thing like the NCAA, and this is not just a hockey thing, this is a sports thing. You're considered a student athlete. And that's an important thing for people. For Swedes, it's not really, you don't run into that issue really with players being not smart enough for college hockey. That's not a Swedish issue. But on, on average, there's a, it happens lots where players are not academically strong enough to be in the NCAA. And the in the hockey industry, and the NCAA hockey is not a billion-dollar business like football or basketball. So what I'm saying is, even though the NCAA will never say it, you know, you got to think that in football, when you have a guy who's, say, Trevor Lawrence, who's a Heisman winner, and I'm not saying Trevor Lawrence is a smart or a dumb guy. I don't know him. But say, if he is a starting quarterback for University of Alabama, there's different rules for Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> you know what I mean, but meanwhile, yeah. a hockey player, you could be, you know, you can be the next superstar. You could be Nick Lidstrom, the next superstar, Nick Lidstrom from Sweden to go play for University of Maine. Well, Nick Lidstrom isn't going to get the same treatment as. Trevor Lawrence does. Yeah. And, you know, like, and that's just, that's, it's just a financial thing. So anyways, the, the but, bottom... but we just, we just had a, a Jacob Rodine on who, who plays in the, in the GMHL with Bradford Rattlers who, um, who was telling everybody about, well, yeah, I'm, I'm in the middle of taking my TOEFL uh, test and, right. and, and I'm doing the NCAA clearinghouse. I think they call it something else now. It used, it used to be called the clearinghouse. 
Yeah, that's correct, though. Yeah. So he, he is, you know, he came over playing a year in the – so GMHL is kind of in between Junior A, Junior B, right? Well, that's that, that. I didn't even talk about that because I didn't want to even go down. I didn't want to go down that rabbit hole. So the. Oh, GMH, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no. The GM, the GMHL is they they try as a as a company and as a league they try hard. Yeah. The problem is they're considered what a renegade league, uh, and, and they're not. They have private insurance, um, but I, I don't know if too many scholarships coming from the GMHL just because they're so off the radar screen. Yeah, and, and there certainly is a big difference top to bottom within within that league, but but it is an avenue to be able to play um as a European to be able to play in Canada. Yeah, but but I would say those people like it's a, it's a mistake. If if you're a European or a Russian, even though when you look at the GMHL rosters, a lot of them have you know 10 Russians on it or 10 Czechs. And I think why those people and I I'm almost certain of this because a lot of the Russians and the Czechs and the Eastern Europeans, they'll go, well, I'm playing hockey in Canada. I'm playing junior hockey in Canada. Are you, though? You're playing, like, basically junior C hockey with no chance of advancement. And that's why I tell people you're better off in the States playing in a lower-end junior league like the USPHL, the EHL, the NA3. Those are leagues to me, at least you have some chance of getting to the next level. Like if you're a goalie, for example, in, in the GMHL, they're carrying four goalies. So if you're a goalie, you're so you're you're hoping that the starting goalie breaks a leg and then you hope the backup goalie breaks an arm and then maybe you're going to get a chance to play. That sucks. It's like, you're, <laughs> you're, you know, so, and, and you're paying the same amount as anybody else, but you're the fourth level, you're the fourth goalie on a team. What's the point? You know, so, so so let's switch and talk about the the other little bit of the of of the which is it's interesting now because it's changing a little bit you have and and that is the the USPHL organizations but specifically the NCDC that we're seeing the, the Midwest um uh when this airs we'll have um uh, right before you will 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 be already people been listening to to uh, about the Pueblo Bulls who are right. moving from the USPHL Premier into the NCDC. So did the Utah team. I think there were six teams that are moving up into the NCDC. Right. So let's talk about that league versus in North American Hockey League. Well, the NCDC is in a weird way kind of similar to the the GMHL, and what I mean by that is it's considered the Outlaw League. Yep. However, the NCDC is producing results. And so the NCDC last year, I think they had maybe 20 Division I scholarships. You know, not great numbers, but <laughs> you could combine <clears throat> you could combine three leagues in Ontario or you could combine Manitoba and Saskatchewan. They won't have those numbers. So the NCDC, <clears throat> my apologies here, the NCDC is owned by the USPHL. So the USPHL as a company owns... USPHL Elite and Premier, <clears throat> my, my apologies, USPHL Premier and Elite and the NCDC. Yep. So they own all those three leagues. So the NCDC now has ex going to expand this year in what they call as the mountain region, which is Pueblo, Provo, Utah, Colorado, Coeur d'Alene, and I'm missing another one. Uh, there's one more team. So there's six teams. They're going to expand to make the mountain region, they call it the mountain division, 
the Mountain Division will now become NCDC. And to me, the NCDC is just going to expand more and more and more. Um, various owners of USPHL teams, they kind of complain about the NCDC to me, and I won't say which ones, but they complain. They say that they bankroll the NCDC. So this is another interesting topic in itself is, you know, people say, well, what does it cost to play? Well, the NCDC is free. NAH yeah, tuition free. Tuition free. US, USHL, totally free. You don't even pay for billeting in USHL. You don't pay for a stick. Like, if you're going to play for the Omaha Lancers, you're going to play for Dave Wilkie, you're going to show up with just your underwear and your socks. Everything else will be provided. Um, um, they'll probably provide your underwear if you wanted to. But, you know, but the NAHL, you don't pay for anything other than monthly billeting fees. And so depending on the city, depending on the, on the state, could be $350, $400, dollars I always tell people it's it's a write-off. And it's it's if you're if the kid's gonna be living at, at home with you in Canada or Sweden, probably paying four fifty a month for food for that kid anyway. Yeah. Um, and then the NCDC is the same thing. It doesn't cost anything to play in NCDC, only it's the monthly billeting fees. Then when you go, so now those are what's called the, you know, the tier one and tier two leagues. Then you go down to tier three. And this is where it becomes really confusing. So now people say, what's the best tier three league? I, I tell people all the time, it's not really the league, it's the team. There's so many really good USPHL teams, so many good NA3 teams, and so many good EHL teams. And there's so many awful USPHL teams. I mean, <laughs> like like the difference in, in ownership and caliber of talent is just so like really good or horrible. You know what I mean? Like it's, it really is. And so like there's some teams they over recruit, they'll have say 27 players. Well, it's a, it's a business too, for these guys. So the average, the average player say playing on the, uh, I think Frank Scarpacci who runs the Florida Eels does a great job, but say you're going to go play for Florida Eels. It's going to cost you about 10 grand. Yep. Some teams could be 12 grand. Some teams could be eight grand. And I'm talking U.S. dollars. So, you know, so basically, um, you know, that's and that's what's going to cost, which isn't really that bad. Um, but where it can get expensive for people, for, for people from overseas or from Canada, is say the player is, say, 17 or 18 years old. He's going to have to go to school. And then you have to enroll into a school School could be seven thousand dollars because you need a visa. You know, if you're a Swede or a Finn or whatever, you're from Norway. You gotta have, you have to have a visa to be able to play. And the only way that, for the young guys, not for the older guys, for the young guys, they need to get a visa from that school. So it's like when you see young Swedes like going to play Tier One hockey in the states, they have to go to a physical, not an online school. They go to go to physical, what I call brick and mortar school. They have to go to school because that school then applies and gets the visa for that guy to be on a, on a, on a visa and be on a, on a student visa in the United States. And, and, and trying to get a, a, a work visa is even harder. Oh, that's, that's yeah, literally impossible. Yeah. Um, but again, like to get that student visa, like I said, if you're a 16 or 17 year old and you're going to go play for Maine's U18 program or U16 program, or you're going to go play Shattuck St. Mary's, you need to attend school. You can't do online school. Whereas yeah, in junior I, hockey, in junior hockey, if you're an 18 year old and you're playing USHL, NHL, you can do online school. Yeah, like, and I think that, 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 that it's a little bit easier for those that are at they, that age because they can they can still go in under a high school program. But if you are the the 20 year old, 
that has already graduated in Sweden, it's a little tricky. Yeah, but normally speaking, if you're, say, a 20-year-old from Sweden and you're going to go play in the USHL, schooling isn't an issue. So the, the team will then do the paperwork, immigration. No different than a Swede that wants to come play in the East Coast Hockey League. You want to come play in the East Coast Hockey League, you want to play for Rapid City, they do the they do the what's it called a P one I think it's a P one immigration visa and they'll do the application for you same yeah. thing USHL for a, say a nineteen or twenty year old Swede that's not going to school they will do the they'll do the immigration on on behalf of that player and I just posted on uh, I reposted something on LinkedIn from one of my buddies at Above the Glass who broke down the the immigration for you would want to go and and want to know the different immigrant immigrations here in the U S go look at Above the Glass. Uh, on LinkedIn, and there's some really good articles that that Alex have have posted in there. So let's let's finish up here. Let's talk about so all of this kind of if if they didn't think it was complicated before our podcast, now we really made it complicated. We've, we've totally blown people's heads up. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so like, I now, talk, I talk, like I talked to a Swedish family the other day, um, and they're from they're from Malmo region. Uh, my mother, by the way, is Swedish. Her name, her name was Skogland. And okay. so my mom's family was from the, and I always pronounce this wrong, Angelholm. Angelholm. Yeah, that's where, uh, yeah. that's, that's where Rögle, uh, I think is, is Angelholm. So, um, so my, my mom's area from around there. But anyways, I always tell, I like to talk to the Swedish family every day and I tried to explain, you know, the process of what's going to be for them you know, to get to the next level. And and I always say like, everybody has a different path and you hear that all the time. And I truly believe that, you know, whether, and I use Nick Lidstrom all the time, you know, if, if you're Nick Lidstrom, the path for him was probably totally different from Lucas Raymond, you know, or, you know, you know, for Henrik Lundqvist, all those amazing Swedes, they all had different paths, you know? And so that's what I'm saying for people. There's just not cut and paste. It's, it's, it's not a cut and paste way to play hockey, to get to the, to get from junior hockey to college hockey, it is not cut and paste. And it's, 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 you probably need nothing, regardless, you're going to hire me. Uh, I have a, I have a Swede that works for me. His name is Kita, Kita Nielsen. And Kita, Kita is a guy that helps me and helps with our Swedish people as well, too. Um, I'm in the process of looking, by the way, for anybody, any Sika Swedish agents, I'm looking for a new Swedish partner, by the way, a little shameless plug. Uh, I had a guy that he's now, he's gone to work on for a bigger agency and, um, great guy. So now I'm looking for a new Swedish partner, by the way. Yeah. Keda, uh, he works there in Sundsvall with, the uh, with, uh, uh yes. Steve. Yes. Yes. So he's, he's, uh, a, he's a pretty uh, big fisherman too, by the way. I've seen his, I've seen his Snapchats and stuff. <laughs> so, um, you know, and, and I hope that that's not my goal here today is to make people's heads blow up and, and that, <laughs> because it is, it is difficult and you really truly do need help from somebody excuse me on this side of the ocean for sure and 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 i think that it's a because let's face it the, the the north american hockey league guys they you know we had um i just had mike bloom on and we talked about this issue of and and you know aren't you watching these players in sweden and the answer is no we can't because there's a thousand players in sweden playing juniors and we're only interested in the ones that are want to come over here so for us to spend time looking at the people in Sweden, uh, we just can't. So they don't even have a login to Swedish Hockey TV to be able to look at people because it's a, it's 
It's frankly a waste of time. And- yeah, I mean, and that goes back to the Victor Rast story. Like, I mean, like a guy like Victor, like, why would an NHL team try to get Victor? Like, there's no point of him. He's not going to go. Correct. Play. He's not going to go play across the border for me, Minot Minotauros. No offense on Minot. They're, by the way, a great organization, one of the better ones. Yeah. But they're, he's not going to go play there. No. He can, he can stay home and make 40,000, 50,000 euro or yeah. US dollars. Why would and why would he do that? And then he goes from Calgary to the American Hockey League and the American Hockey League NHL. It just financially doesn't make any sense. No, no, and 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 I think that that's why. So so when 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 people from Sweden are wondering, well, aren't they noticing me? I've posted a lot of stuff on about my profile. No, they're not noticing you. They're not. And 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 so therefore the Swedish players are going to have to come over and, and get in touch over here. And certainly can they come over here and, and go to camps and, and try to get noticed? Yes, but it's a, it's a minefield and there's a lot of read, a lot of different organizations you got to watch out for. And I think that there's a lot of people that you got to watch out for as well. Unfortunately. You know, one thing I should have brought that's a very important thing to notice is the amount of imports allowed in each league. Like the USHL allows six, the NAHL yep. allows four, NCD plus one, zero. Yeah, but that includes so, the Canadians. That does include the Canadians and includes the Russians and yeah. includes Czechs and, it, and the Latvians. The Latvians are really their 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 visibility and the amount of players that are in the NAHL and USHL, the Latvians, and the Czechs and the Slovaks has really increased a lot, and yeah. and not low end players like you see a lot. You see a lot of goalies now that are import goalies that are coming in and they're dominant. And they're also like you you go look at the NCAA top five goalies, half of them are European. Yeah. You know, so um, but that's an important thing to know too. Is like if you think you're a good player and you want to play in the NAHL, you gotta take one of four spots. Like they 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 can you better be a you better be a top top two uh you know, top top liner or two. You, you got to be in the top two pairings on defense. You got to be the starting goalie. You got to be in the top six forwards. Yeah, because they can find a twelfth or thirteenth forward in in Duluth, Minnesota. You know. No, absolutely. So, and, and I think that you know you can come over here and 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 make the roster. But keeping that roster spot is not easy either. And if you're in the North American Hockey League or the NCDC, what's the alternative if you're now not you're gonna if you're not if you're taking up a roster spot and you're an import, guess what's gonna happen? But you know what you brought up, you know, you brought up one important thing about a half an hour ago is and and I didn't talk about it was <clears throat> there is other ways to play college hockey. And you, it, not all roads lead through the NCAA division one. And why we're going here, like so, like there's division three, which isn't a bad option. Like, I've had guys play division three who've gone on after that. I have a guy, and people can Google him. His name is Mike Hedden. Mike Hedden played division three, and he he grinded it out through the through the minor pros and states, and then he got to the American Hockey League. He won, he was the, the top scorer in the American Hockey League one year when the Dallas when the Texas Stars won. He went from there. He went to the KHL. He went from the KHL. He went to Germany. And then he went to also he played for Asset Pori in Finland and then played in UK. And now he's a coach in the OHL for the Oshawa Generals. 
My point is you can get success. People think, oh, I'll go play D3. I got a Slovakian kid the other day say, if I don't play D1, my career is over. That's not true. Because here's one thing people have to understand is say, for example, you're the 13th forward on a university in Maine. How much ice time are you getting? You're getting yeah. like four minutes. Maybe you're playing every second game. Whereas you can go play the good D3 program and play tons and play 28 minutes and play in the power play or be the starting goalie. All of a sudden you got some numbers, you got some stats. And the other thing people always forget about is, sorry, there's a lot one the thing I didn't really talk about is you mentioned Liberty. So like the ACHA to me is that isn't part of NCAA hockey, but they call in the United States, they call it club hockey. So ACHA for a lot of guys that say play tier three hockey and they want to still playing and going to school and still play hockey, ACHA is a great option. And yep. I know it's not as cool. It's not as sexy, but you know what? The guy who plays in hockey, a 10 in Sweden, he he's probably not good enough to play for Rogla. He's not good enough to play in, you know, play for Freilunda. He's probably not good enough to play, play in the Allsvenskan. So he plays in a hockey, a 10. My point is stay in your lane, play it to your caliber. I shouldn't, I don't want to tell people like, well, you're, you know, what about your dreams and goals? Well, Sadly, you know, your chance of playing at the NCAA Division One, if you're in Tier 3 hockey, you're never making that jump. Never. No. I mean, I'll, I I don't know who, who's done it. And I, I think the other part about it, if your dream is to con just to continue to play hockey and you and you don't want to play in Hockeyetan in Sweden, ACHA versus D3. Sorry, I, I, pronounce, I pronounced that wrong, by the way. Sorry no, no, no. You, you did excellent. I yeah. give you props for that. Yeah. Uh, ACHA versus D3 at the top level. So take Adrian College or Liberty. When you go into their facilities, they're they're in incredible. And, and if you play D1 Liberty uh, and you play for Kirk Handy over there, it's an incredible program, uh, not for everybody, uh, but it's an incredible program with the most beautiful rink you've ever seen. And you go in their locker room and it's like an NCAA D1 program there. Now, here's the other part about it is the tuition there, they have a lot more ability to give financial aid packages that because they're not part of NCAA, that NCAA D3 makes it a little bit difficult to do. So you may be having to pay 30, 40 grand in, in college tuition at the D3 level of NCAA. Adrian College... Liberty University D1 club hockey is a good option. Uh, well, and, and here's the thing. So uh, oddly enough, last week, uh, when you when you fly to Las Vegas, you fly from this little place in North Dakota called Minot. And Minot's home of the Minot Minotauros, but it's also home of their ACHA team. And the Minot is, a if you look at the ACHA rankings, Minot's like a top five program. Yeah. Um, and so they... They they get like two thousand fans out. There's a college students show up. They're drinking beer. It's a party. It's a college experience. And then like and then you go like I said. Then I flew to Las Vegas. And then there's UNLV's ACHA program that is equally as good as a lot of the lower end Division One programs. Yeah. And 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 I even saw at like amidst from anybody who's been to Las Vegas, you get bombarded with advertising and logos and names and images everywhere. I even saw them advertising in Las Vegas and they are a big deal there too. So I tell people like, yeah, sure. You're going to ACHA or not going to division three or division one, 
but it's not the end of the world. You can still come out of those places with a great education. And then maybe you're not going to play for the Philadelphia Flyers. You know, you know maybe you're going to go back and you're going to go play for Esberg Energy in Denmark. Yeah. Which and, is and can, the end of the world. And you can continue to play for four years, five years, maybe. Yes. And then if you still want to play hockey after that, you may be good enough that you can play in the Alsenskan or Hokietan, but really uh, shine because now you're five years older than you were with a, with a Hokietan or Alsenskan sniff. But you don't have to play in Sweden, though, either. Like I said, I mentioned. Yeah. You can play in France. You can play in, in, in Austria and Germany. And sure. You can play England. in England. You can play in the... You can play in the third league, play Oberlinga in Germany. You know, you, yeah. you can play, you know, it doesn't have to be in Sweden. You can go play Nemestis and, and go play in Finland. You yeah. know, you know, but all these leagues look for certain types of players though, too. And I know this is a whole new, this is a whole new podcast. Like you mentioned <laughs> England, you mentioned England. It would, I would say it'd be very hard for a player coming out of division three or, or, or coming out of ACHA to go play in England. They're looking for a certain type of player. They and they really and this is another like it's another podcast altogether. If you look at teams like the Guilford Flames, you look at Nottingham, you look at Belfast, they look for Canadian players. They look for guys to play Canadian school. So this is a whole new subject again. So there's in Canada, the 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 college is called U Sports in Canada. Yeah. And so the national championships are going on right now for U Sports. Um, like there's um, you know, Calgary Dinos are playing Alberta. And Dinos beat Alberta, but both those teams are going to the nationals. My point is, you can be a Swede and play in U Sports. Golden Bears, right? Well, U of A Golden Bears, well done. And so I have a, I actually have a, I've had all Svenskan teams call about one of my clients on that team that his name is Dawson Davidson. He's a defenseman on the Golden Bears. And there's been, there's been teams already from all Svenskan call me about him. But my point is, that's a great point is like, you can come play maybe. Maybe you want to come to Canada and play U Sports. You probably, if you're good enough, you'll get recruited to play in Canada in U Sports. And it's not the same. What's the word for it? It's not as sexy as playing in call in American colleges. Yep. Like we talked, you mentioned University of Alberta Golden Bears, which they play in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. They get fifteen hundred fans, two thousand fans to their game. Whereas, say where I live, University of Winnipeg, University of Manitoba. Bisons, they're lucky to get 130 people at a game. Yeah. It's it's really pathetic. And 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 you know, the team doesn't do well. They they play out of a play a tough rink to park at, on and on and on. There's lots of problems with it. But you can go play in the East Coast, like University of New Brunswick, you can play Acadia. You know, there's some really good programs. There's St. FX, really good programs in the East. And you know, you get a full scholarship. And actually, some of these teams will find jobs for the players and stuff. Like Canadian University Sports, like U Sports, as, as it's called, is one of those what I call a hidden gem. And people don't give it the credibility and that it deserves. And for a lot of Canadians players, and they have the chance to go say, go play D3 for $40,000 or go play in Canada, play for University of Calgary for nothing, well, they go play Canada. Yeah. You know, because... Playing D3 is not D1, right? So, yeah. I mean, it's all semantics, too. Like, you can go play for Stonehill College, which is a new Division One program. Maybe not that sexy. It's obviously not as sexy as North Dakota or Denver or Boston or Michigan or whatever. It's not the sexy name, right? 
and you can come back to Canada, go play for University of Alberta. And then, like I said, all of a sudden, Bjork Coven, for example, calls me about Dawson Davidson and go, what's he going to do next year? Yeah. Well, let's wrap up this. And I think we're going to have to have you back on and, and, and talk a little bit more uh, of different things. There's uh there's a few years of, of stories behind every behind it. Uh, but let if, what's the best way for people to reach you? They have questions. Maybe they are unsure about what is a family advisor do. Do I need an agent? Do I need an advisor? Um, you know, what, what are my options? Am I any good? You know, these type of things. How, what's the best way to reach it? Uh, com. So call it basically or CHFI, uh, sorry, chfahockey.com. Or we calls come through my pro site, which is 2112 Hockey Agency. And um, a question I get all the time, and, and this is my last story for you. So when <laughs> That's I, all right. about 20 years ago when I started 2112 Hockey Agency, uh, my partner at the time said to me, he says, why 2112? And it says, no, no, it was, it was originally supposed to be called 5150. And he goes, have you Googled what 5150 meant? I said, yeah, I know what it means. I said, why then? I said, it's the name of the best Van Halen album of all time. So that's why I wanted to call it 5150. But if you search the terminology of what 5150 means, it means a lunatic is on the loose. And then, so that's what it really means. Like like when the police in California go, we got a 5150, the lunatic is on the loose. Uh, so then he says, no, you got to change the name. I says, I'm going to go and <laughs> If you find my debt, if you find my ATM card, my 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 ATM card code was two one one two, which is the name of an old Rush album in Canada. So Rush is famous Canadian band, and so I always loved Rush. And uh, way back in the day in the seventies, Rush had an album called Twenty One Twelve, and so that's how the name Twenty One Twelve has evolved. And so now, over the years, Twenty One Twelve has evolved. Now I have an entertainment division. I represent a couple of guys on Netflix shows and. Uh, 2112 is now a hockey group. And so 2112 is like the overseeing body of everything. So, um, but if, to answer your question, for people to get a hold of me, it's easy to find me on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, all over Facebook, or you can contact Kita as well, too, for the Swedes that want to talk. Maybe they want to talk to me, speak Swedish. And you always, always talk to Kita as well, too. Yeah. And Kita is, for those who, who don't know, is K E D A. Um, uh, it's how it's bail. So, uh, Daryl, thank you so much for, it's been fun to just talk hockey. It's what we are passionate about. And um, now you can go out to the fishing hut and uh, build a fire out there and I don't do those crack open, a, I don't crack do those open a Labatt Blue. And and, uh, uh, and I don't drink that beer either, by the way. Just for the record, I'm, I'm a Crown Royal guy, so that's my thing. <laughs> uh, Crown Royal or Grey Goose, that's my two things. Uh and yeah, I, I, you know, in my entire life, I've never been into a fishing hut. I've never been to one of those stupid things they put on the lakes and the rivers and people, they take an auger and they dig this hole in the water and they want to go catch some stupid catfish. Uh, you're missing out, my friend. You're missing no, I'm out. Not. I'm not missing out. I'll, I got Netflix to the left of me and I'm happy with Netflix and I got Wi-Fi. I got my ice machine here. I got my fridge over here. I'm set up. Oh, that's good. That's good. Well, I appreciate yeah. it. And we'll, we'll uh, have you back on and we'll talk some more Canadian hockey. Uh, and, um, we'll find it. We'll find a good excuse to have you back on. Absolutely. Thank you again. All right. Thanks.